Hey, welcome to the Health Coaches Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Howard Jacobson. Before we get to today's episode, a question. Would you like to become a wicked effective health coach to help people change their behaviors, change their habits, change their health destinies, and to be able to do it through a reliable process, one that works every time? If so, I'd invite you to check out the WellStart Health Coach Training Academy. And you can find it at wellstartcoach.com. And you can check and see when we're running our next training course. All right, let's get to today's topic. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Health Coaches Podcast. I am one host, Kevin Davis, and I'm here with one other host, Howard Jacobson. That makes two hosts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so this is... What are we, four episodes in now? Who's counting? Uh, somewhere like that. You guys can count if you want to, like, scroll through the list. Um, and today, you know, given the situation that uh, the world is in right now with this pandemic that's going on, um, we wanted to just kind of talk about taking care of ourselves during this type of time, but really to, uh, you know, relate that to what it means when we as coaches have slip ups and when we're not quite perfect. Um, and so this will still be something that'll have value if you're listening to this, you know, some other time down the road and, and, and things have gone back to normal or whatever new normal looks like. But uh, that's kind of the concept we wanted to talk about today. Yeah. And I think the pandemic just frames a particularly um, common thing, which is we, you know, as as we adjust, you know, if, you, if our life is going great and we're having, you know, good, good work and the weather's nice and our kids are behaving and, you know, like everything is going well, then it's pretty easy to be in a pattern to maintain whatever pattern we're in. And as health coaches, yeah. hopefully we're, we're in a pretty good pattern uh, most of the time. But when shocks happen. When we can't go to the gym, when we're stuck at home, when we're stressed out, when maybe we're taking care of people, when maybe we've gotten sick, like we don't always step up immediately. And we can have we can have periods of days or even weeks where our own it's not just we're not doing well, but our behaviors are slipping. And we're kind of like, I'm glad no one's watching. I'm glad there's not a cam on me right now. <laughs> But of course, it also holds true. Like we get a lot of questions from people who say, "Well, I'd love to be a you know whole food, plant based health coach, but I'm slipping up. I'm eating a lot of junk food. I need to wait until I'm perfect before I can coach anybody else." So I think it's a very evergreen topic, but it's uh, we're we're really focusing on it because it's such a common thing that I'm hearing from people now that I've gained ten pounds. I'm eating like crap. Um, and so how do, how do we navigate that as coaches? Do we just pretend it's not happening? You know, wear vertical stripes or say, Oh, I can't, my Skype isn't working. Let's just do a phone call or can, you know, can, zoom really close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so what, what are your thoughts on like, first of all, has, has, have you had any of that experience or are you just, uh, you know, motoring along top of your game? No, I'm perfect. I don't ever slip up. So okay. Well. Uh, no, I I actually so this is a, a a situation that is is somewhat kind of close to my heart. I mean, you know, I I 
went to school for exercise science. I spent a lot of years doing things along the lines of personal training and strength coaching where I'm working in a gym type of setting. And so the idea of being perfect or being, you know, near perfect or, or, or looking amazing or all these, you know, ideal scenarios, uh, you know, in order to do your job has always been something that has come up. Uh, so, you know, from the very beginning of my career. So, you know, so there's that aspect. And then, and then with this going on, I mean, shoot, I had uh, a, a baby a year before this pandemic's, you know, kind of got uh, serious enough to impact our lives here in the U.S. anyway. And uh, so, I mean, I've kind of been in some sense of a pandemic for over a year now because, mm. you know, like you said, things, things change and our lives change. And just as soon as I get into a rhythm, um, you know, the baby uh, changes when he likes to sleep or eat or do different things. And in fact, Howard and I were just talking right before we started recording about how excited I am that all this week I've had an afternoon nap of at least 45 minutes, which gives me the time to do some self-care or work or whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. And to, to, to be clear, your son's doing the one doing the napping. Uh, yeah, let's say that. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to you. <laughs> like, I, yeah, theoretically, both. yeah. There's there's definitely times where, like, I'm trying to put him to sleep and, and I'm actually the one, you know, with the head nodding before his does. Uh-huh. Yeah, I remember those days. <laughs> yeah. Well, you uh-huh. were the one that warned me about those days before he was born. <laughs> But, but, you know, in, in the field that I got started in with personal training, you know, I can remember situations where, I mean, it just, at times it just really feels like, oh man, you know, this guy who's got this amazing physique seems like he's got his business all together. Um, and that's not necessarily the person who has the greatest knowledge or the greatest ability and experience to help people. Um, it's one of the things that I kind of like better about coaching versus, you know, going to uh, a gym that's mainly focused around bodybuilding and, and standing there trying to say, come look like me. Hmm. Right. And I think we can all appreciate that having struggled can make us a good coach. Right. Yeah. But it's much harder to appreciate that me struggling right now, like, you know, I want to tell you to do like I want to guide you as like you're the client and I'm the coach and I'm suggesting things or guiding you towards things or agreeing with things that I'm not doing. Right. Right. Like for the last couple of weeks, like I've had a rough time. You know, we were in South Africa on vacation, which turned into a a locked, a prolonged lockdown, Uh, came back on a packed very expensive U.S. State Department uh, repatriation flight. Um, had to drive from D.C. back to North Carolina. Had jet lag. Felt sick. Was sick with something. Um, kids are all at home. There's a lot of stress. Family turmoil. Um, and I gained 10 pounds. Like I was just like my I, you know, dropped my standards because I was self-medicating emotionally with food. I also wasn't moving. I was you know, sluggish, tired, sick. And the result was uh, I looked at the scale like three days ago and was appalled. And to understand that like that, just because that happens doesn't disqualify me from being a coach. 
What would disqualify me from being a coach is pretending it didn't happen or doing all the things I used to do before I knew better, right? Like I had to then apply some coaching principles to myself. And I've also talked to people like, you know, it's not uh, it's not hypocrisy to be a coach and have a coach or get coached. It might be hypocrisy right. to be a coach and never get coached. Like, well, other people need it, but I don't. That's like I, I feel like that's one of the first things I learned getting into coaching as as a career was, you know, all of the good coaches or all the best coaches have coaches. You know, it's almost uh, a baseline that you have some, and and that may not be like formally you necessarily hire somebody. It may be, you know, you've got another coach that you're friends with that you have a conversation once in a while that, to help each other out. Right, and, and because coaching is essentially a conversation between equals, it's not teacher student, it's not doctor patient, it's not therapist client. It is two equals who are exploring together, and you know, <clears throat> one of the main skills of coaching is to not be the other person, <laughs> which pretty much qualifies any of us. Uh, of course, there's more yeah. to it than that. But the fact, you know, I, I often say, quote this line that I can't remember where I heard it, but you can't read the bottle. You can't read the label when you're inside the bottle. And so sure. part of coaching is simply being someone who's outside the bottle of the other person's psyche and behaviors. But what do what do you do? What what is the you know what can you feel good about? Okay, I've had I've had a week or two weeks of bad eating. Um, what are some of the things that I can do so that I am coaching ready? So even you know as that's going on, um, how can I be an integrity and effective as a coach? I th you know to me I think that the, the the biggest thing and I love that you mentioned honesty and and not trying to hide it because I think the biggest thing is a is as soon as you acknowledge that and notice that to start to make some sort of attempt or, you know, at progress. And that doesn't have to be, it doesn't even, I don't even think that has to be, okay, I notice that I've been eating, you know, a little more loose around my, uh, my rules here or not moving as much for a few weeks. And all of a sudden I go 100% back to my ideal. Just like we would tell a client, make a step in the right direction. Right. Because, don't, you know, to me, don't you feel like if you're if, they, if you're doing the thing that you would advise someone to do, then that means you're making you're being honest, you're being straightforward. Right. Right. And I think there's you know, there's there's a couple of things that I would not do. Um, yeah. So one of them is I don't want to make it all about me like it may be that my own health habits and what my experiences are is completely irrelevant to what the client needs. So just like, you know, we don't always like whenever they tell us something, we don't always reflect back how that appears in our lives. Sometimes our, our lives are irrelevant to them. So if it doesn't come up naturally, I wouldn't necessarily talk about it. Now, like if you've gained 30 pounds and your face <laughs> shows it and it's very clear like, like, I mean, first of all, 30 pounds is <laughs> danger. So I'm like, like maybe you're not right. doing what you should be doing. Right. Um, the, the second thing is the, I think there's a danger in admitting that we're doing something 
that we shouldn't be doing in a way that gives the client permission to do it too. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I mean, so, you know, I think that's kind of the fine line, right? That, that we want to ride is making sure that when we are admitting something, you, you know, we don't want to hide it, but when we are admitting something, we want it to be of value. We want it to be, you know, acknowledging something and, and validating the fact that they may have slip ups rather than, you know, given their pig ideas for slip ups. If you're, if you use the never binge again terminology, for example, um, I don't know. Where, where do you think that you would define that that line? So I define it in terms of I would only describe my own slip up in the context of how I'm addressing it. Mm, right. I yeah. wouldn't if they said, oh, I've been eating a lot of chocolate. I wouldn't say, oh, yeah, me too this week and let it go with that, because there's a very strong element of permission that we are very one of the things we do best as coaches is give people permission, right? So you can give somebody permission to work out for five minutes instead of an hour, right? When, when every day they, their plan is to work out for an hour and they never do it. And then you say, well, why don't you start with five minutes? Can you do five minutes? And they go, I can do that, right? So you normalize it and you give them permission to do it. Or if they say, I, I'm trying to go 100%, and you say, well, well, suppose you just have one plant-based meal a day. What if it's just breakfast? And they're like, really? That's okay? I can do that? And so we have to be very careful about that dynamic. So if I say, you know, someone says, yeah, I've been eating a lot of chocolate. You say, you know, I've been having that experience too. Um, I'm eating more than I want, and I'm finding that it's bringing up cravings. And so here's what I'm doing about it. So make the lesson the response, not the sin. Yeah, I like that emphasizing what you're doing, because then that rather than telling them, oh, hey, I need all the chocolate I want. Howard's doing it. Kevin's doing it. Right. <laughs> you can you can then say, oh, this is something that happens to people other than me. And there's there's something I can do about it. Right, right. Like, you know, there's there's no shame in being in a position, but there may be shame in staying in that position and wallowing in it. Right. Which is what we don't want our clients to do. Right. So this is, coaching is all about getting them to take action to change their situation. It's not therapy. It's not insight. It's action. And so if we are willing, if we, wherever we find ourselves, right, I could wake up from a four month binge and I can still be a coach if I say, OK, here's how I'm addressing it and I'm going to do things and I'm going to observe the results of them and tweak and change to get back where I want to go or to get farther than where I want to go. Right. There's like we will all slip up and the slip can look very different. Could be a day, a week, a month, a year. The point is, there's only the now. So yeah. to be a, a coach in integrity, you have to be willing to face your reality and take steps to get where you want to go now in this moment. And the, the, the moment that just happened is almost irrelevant to your ability to be in integrity as a coach. I like that. The, the direction you're headed is the thing that matters. You know, um, it, it, it's like when we talk 
you know, as, as we work with, with the clients that Howard, that you and I work together with, with the Wellstart program and talk about the idea of, you know, falling off the wagon and the idea that it's not, you know, you don't have to be on a wagon or off of a wagon. There's a path that you're headed down and you want to go in whichever direction. And if you've stepped off that path, all you got to do is head right, head right back into the direction that you want to be headed and you're, and you're back. Right. And no, and notice how you feel when you are about to connect with a client in some way and you're feeling like you're less than, like you're not holding up your end. Like that's a good feeling to notice. And it's a very useful fuel to get yourself back on track as opposed to beating yourself up the, the same, you know, the way our clients do, because we're no different than them. We're human beings. We have these tendencies. And so our responsibility as coaches is to be honest with ourselves and to take action in this moment, regardless of what happened the last moment, day, week, month, year. Yeah. You know, there's one thing that, uh, and depending on how someone were to take what you said there, there's one thing that strikes me out of it, though, the idea of noticing what's going on and having the motivation to, uh, you know, head in that right direction and, and kind of better what you're doing yeah. because, you know, because of the coaching relationship um, that, that I want to, you know, to me, I want to be also mindful of the fact that I'm doing this for myself and my own health and my own family and my own motivations, not just for my you know job. Right, right. So that's, yeah, the, the externals can be a an instant boost, can be a quicker yeah. trip, trip wire than you would get otherwise. Uh, so, you know, but to, to, to recognize that we have messed up and want to change is a very important form of humility. Yeah. Right. And it's it's and when we have like the reason we can get into week and month long ruts is that we're not willing to admit it. Right. So the ability to admit it is the first step in turning it around. And that's what, exactly what we want our clients to do, because they're you know, their defense mechanism is closing their eyes to reality. So when we when we can model, we've opened our eyes to reality and we're taking steps. That's a very significant gift we're giving to our clients. Yeah, like that noticing reality and not ignoring it or denying it. Right. All right. Anything else before we close for today? Oh, I think we hit the the key points. All right. Well, I'll I'll let you get back to your little awake guy. Yeah. Going to go. Uh, Back to watering the the garden and the grass, and uh, maybe make a. I think we're making sweet potatoes for dinner. Very nice. So, thanks everybody for tuning in with us, and uh, we will catch you on episode whatever number comes after this one. Yeah, if, if, if this one's four, then I think next one's five. Hopefully, I'm good at math that way. Yeah, that's why we got you around, Howard. That's it. <laughs> All right, Kevin. Talk to you later. All right. Thanks. I hope you found that helpful. 
So if you'd like to become a health coach, or maybe you already are a health coach and you'd like some additional training and more skills, or perhaps you're a health professional, a doctor, nurse, dietitian, etc., who would like to be able to influence your patients more effectively, again, check it out, wellstartcoach.com. All right, have a great day.